Hi, I'm Alicia Atchison. I'm vegan, an animal lover, and animal rights activist. Many people say that becoming vegan is one of the best decisions they have made in life. I'm here to share my guest stories on their choice to live a kind life and what it means for them to be vegan. Welcome to A Kind Life. Today I'm joined by Marissa from Wild and Cruelty Free. How are you going? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for coming on today. I'm really excited. I do like to mention how I, you know, get to bring people on the podcast. And I was actually a beautiful recommendation from one of my friends, Mon, who is also one of your friends. And funny enough, about maybe two, three weeks ago, I just said to her, I was like, oh, do you have any recommendations for like vegan perfume? It's something I've kind of never done. And she said to me, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Check this out, my friend Marissa. And then it was really funny. Within a few days of me getting the order, she said to me, what about Marissa as a podcast guest? I was like, too late, already asked. (laughs) Oh my gosh, she's the sweetest. And it's so funny because she's actually a huge, I guess, part of my vegan journey. And I've mentioned this to her before. I don't mean to like jump ahead, but yeah, she has been a really pivotal part in my journey. Well, there you go. Well, it's funny because we're actually friends from the podcast because I interviewed her through the podcast and we became really good friends ever since. So I love that. No way. I love that little connection. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Marissa, for anyone who may not know you. Okay. Well, my name's Marissa. I am first and foremost an animal lover and activist. Um, I'm also a fur baby mama to my cat bear, but when I'm not doing that, I'm a digital marketing strategist. I am the owner of Wild and Cruelty Free, which is my brand new online website, which I sell Australian vegan and cruelty-free beauty products from. And I'm also a cruelty-free content creator. I wear many hats. (laughs) And and tell us about, I guess, you're based in New South Wales, aren't you? Yeah, so I'm in Wollongong, which is an hour and a half south of Sydney. Yeah. Yep. And so what sort of began your vegan journey? Like if you, I guess, if you want to start there or do you want to start kind of with the beauty side of things? I'm not sure what came first. Well, I guess the beauty side came first. So I, well, within my career, I was working still for corporate and I always loved beauty, but I decided I wanted to, I mean, I pursue it more as a hobby. So I kind of started blogging. So this is almost 10 years ago now. So I kind of started blogging and going to events and connecting with more like-minded people. And then I decided that I wanted to start doing more makeup on people. So I went and got my diploma in makeup artistry. I got a job at a Napoleon counter. Like I was throwing myself all in. I'm like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. And then The retail side of things in that respect, the counter work, I wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't my favorite thing to do. And I really love the content creation. So that's always what I've lent into. And up until 2018, I pretty much accepted products to trial and review from any brand, any product. I didn't really have any criteria, but it was actually on our way home. So my husband and I went out to his family's house for Christmas And I remember we're driving home and we're on the highway and there was an Edgar's Mission billboard. And there was the picture of the cutest pig and it said, my name is Penelope Sue, not dinner. And something in that billboard just like hit my heart so hard. And I was like, that is really sad and so true. And obviously we've just come back from Christmas dinner. So I was feeling quite guilty about seeing that billboard. And I was like, you know, Jason, I love animals so much and they are such a big part of my life and they have been growing up. 
I don't actually think I can eat them anymore. <laughs> and he's just like, okay, because it was just so out of the blue. He wasn't expecting it. And then we kind of drove a bit further home and I was like, okay, if I can't eat them anymore, I can't use products that are tested on them anymore. I said, I just, I can't do it. And he's like, again, okay. <laughs> he's thinking, where is this going? Like, and where has this come from? So literally that afternoon I got home, I culled and my whole beauty collection. It took days because I had everything from makeup artistry. I had everything that I was being sent to trial and I just culled everything into piles of cruelty-free, not cruelty-free. And everything that wasn't, I either donated, gave to family, friends, or threw out because it was, you know, couldn't be reused. And then I just felt so right about having this really condensed collection of products that I'm like, great, these products are not tested on animals. And so I kept researching and I kept like looking into all the different ways a product could be considered cruelty-free or not cruelty-free because it's not really just as straightforward as it might sound. And then on my blog, I started curating like a directory so people could go there and be like, okay, I need to know what's cruelty-free. I have a resource that can help you. Anyway, so I guess through my content creation, especially because I use Instagram primarily, I've been able to connect with so many beautiful women over the years and Mon is one of them. And it was interesting because we connected over our love for beauty, but it's, I guess over time she started planting little seeds in our messages and it was always very respectfully done and always very like kind, but she just started to ask me some questions and throw in some like, I guess, prompts of, well, did you consider that perhaps cruelty free and the disconnect between cruelty-free and vegan. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, if there's these animal-derived ingredients still in the products and then an animal has still been harmed for the production of those products, is it truly cruelty-free? Anyway, so I took it on board and at first I was like, of course, I will automatically I feel guilty. So I'm like, oh, no, here I am thinking I'm doing all the right things. But I didn't change straight away. I took it on board and I kind of kept going. And then over time, we had a few more conversations. And then it was of January of this year. I'm just like, you know what? She's right. Nothing is truly cruelty free if it isn't vegan. And so at that point, I'm like, well, here comes another beauty cull. Back to the beauty room, going through all my things. I'm like, okay, what's cruelty free and vegan? And what is only cruelty-free and why? Like, what is the difference between? And so I made that cull again. And I think in that moment, I just felt like I was living as my most authentic self. I'm like, I am here. This is that feeling that I guess I was chasing in a way because I wanted to do the right things by animals. And I wanted to still, I guess, pursue my passion of beauty but I wanted to do it in a ethical way. So I guess in a very roundabout way, that is how I got here from a beauty perspective. I guess from a lifestyle perspective, that January 2018 car ride, I actually became a pescatarian at that point. So I haven't eaten meat since 2018, but I was still eating fish. And again, I wasn't, I guess I was very naive to 
the disconnect between the animals that we're eating and the abuse and neglect and what they go through in their lifetime to get to our plates. And so I think it was last year, actually, I made myself, because I knew it wasn't going to be easy, I think I made myself watch the Dominion documentary and is it Fork Over Knives, another one? And when I tell you those documentaries, well, not only was I crying, but there was just something like it, it just gave me chills over my whole body. Like I felt, I felt physically ill watching it. And that's when I guess this year rolled around. I was like, no, it also means not only giving up products that aren't vegan, but it also means going to a completely plant-based lifestyle. So I guess it's been a bit of a journey, but I finally got there. And yeah, so I'm not quite at my one year anniversary yet, but I'm feeling good. It sounds like you, you've kind of had an interest in beauty for quite a long time. Had you ever, yeah. before this sort of time, had you ever considered like, yeah, what was in these products and like what might have been happening with animals or was it sort of just something that you kind of hadn't even considered until more recently? Well, probably prior to 2018, and I think I started this in 2013, I guess prior to it, not really. Like even though I had that strong love of animals, I guess I just had a very big disconnect between I love beauty products and I'm getting sent all these great products to try and so I'm going to trial them and I'm going to use them but I hadn't made that connection between the production side of things and what is actually going into them not even from an animal standpoint but even just the ingredients in general and how they could be impacting our health or yeah so many other I guess, variables that come into play depending on where they're manufactured, where the ingredients are sourced. Like there's just so many moving parts that prior I just never even considered. And how did you, you know, you said that you sort of, you you went in and looked at what was cruelty-free, what wasn't, and then eventually like what was vegan and what wasn't. Like how mm-hmm. did you just literally like go through every ingredient or how did you kind of, I suppose, go through that process of, yeah, knowing what wasn't wasn't vegan in the, in those beauty products well i guess i utilized utilized a lot of online resources so i know cruelty free kitty great resource to help with determining mostly cruelty free but they also go into the depth of vegan as well i also then went to the brand's websites directly a lot of the time i found that if a brand is really proud to be vegan they'll tell you about it and they'll either have the certifications or they'll have something to make it very clear. When a brand wasn't so clear, that's when I had my red flags up. I'm like, if you're not willingly promoting this, what are you hiding? And so that's when I started to do more deep dives into the ingredients. And that was another whole learning curve because ingredients aren't necessarily just like stated on the packaging and in black and white what they are. You've got codes, you've got different things that mean, you know, different ingredients. And so I was trying to wrap my head around all those things as well so I guess I tried the process of elimination was it an easy yes or no answer okay great but if it wasn't then I kind of did the deep dive and had to look further into the ingredients and we sort of surprised about I guess like how many yeah vegan and cruelty-free beauty products there are available on the market yeah I am like 
I always assumed there would be a lot because especially, I think especially Australian beauty, I think we have quite high standards for our and high quality of our products. Not all, but the majority. But it was really the overseas ones where I had to do a lot more of the the deep dive. But I was pleasantly surprised. And I guess it was tough in some instances because you've got some brands who have some products that are vegan and some that aren't. And I'm like, if you've already gone to the effort to make these products vegan and they work and perform beautifully, why don't you just do the rest? (laughs) Yeah. And do you find that there's that kind of place, I guess, like for advocacy where people who might like a certain brand that they find isn't vegan? Like, do you think there's a place, I guess, for people reaching out to those brands asking like, are they vegan? Are they looking at going vegan? Like, is that something that you think is kind of worthwhile? I definitely think like if you're unsure or uncertain and you can't get the information in black and white either, you know, obviously through their website or other resources, absolutely like reach out. I will say don't always expect an answer. I find that if the brand is proud to be vegan and cruelty-free, then you will hear back from them. They'll be happy to share it. But it's also a tricky I guess a tricky thing sometimes because I've reached out to brands and even PR agencies who are representing brands and they've just said, oh, yeah, it's cruelty-free. And then I've deep-dived and I'm like, but they still sell into mainland China and I end up having to educate the agencies. And I'm like, you know, I, I understand it's not perhaps the focus of what you're doing to try and promote this product, but for me, I won't accept it to trial unless I know that it is. So sometimes I hear back from people, sometimes I don't. And I guess in the event when I don't, I kind of just, again, it's kind of a bit of a red flag and I just don't use them. Yeah. And that's what I was going to ask. I'm guessing, you know, you said that you used to get given a lot of products to trial things. So at some point, obviously you've had to kind of, yeah, go back to some of those brands that aren't vegan and then say to them that you're not willing to accept or use the product. Yeah. Some of them, admittedly, I just kind of stopped using it. I guess I just kind of fell off their radar, which is fine. You know, there are plenty of people out there who are willing to to try them, but there were a few brands I had the conversations with and I just said, look, this is the direction I'm moving in. Would love to continue to work with you. And if you have any clients that do fit the criteria of being vegan and cruelty-free, love to work with you. If not, you know, I wish you the best, but unfortunately this is just, yeah, the new direction that I'm heading in. And in terms of like you being a makeup artist, I guess, you know, is it something that you kind of promote in terms of, I guess, do you get a lot of clients that are vegan and as part of their kind of core values or do you just find that generally people are happy to for you to use those products regardless I think the majority as long as the products perform most of them don't actually care so much about what I'm using I haven't done like makeup artistry for a while I did that back in I guess that 2014-15 and when I was doing the diploma and whatnot and I did heaps of work experience. I got to work at Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week. I've been, I did some weddings and that was such a great time. But I, to be honest, I put so much pressure on myself that it almost became a thing I didn't enjoy as much as I thought I would. And I guess sometimes just being behind the camera and just enjoying playing with makeup and trialing products and then filming my reviews, I guess that's kind of what I love to do. But I have held a few like private makeup lessons over the last few years, which they've been really well received, especially for women who are time poor, have a heap of products, but don't know how to use them. I kind of sit with them. 
I go through what they currently have because I don't want waste either. So I'm kind of mindful of, you know, the waste and also like their current budgets. And I show them how to use what they have, but every product they use, I show them a cruelty-free vegan alternative. So I'm like, well, when you're ready to replace this or I'll try it on them and they're like, oh, wow, this is amazing. I was like, right. And just kind of planting those seeds with them. So when it comes to time to repurchase, then they've got a new product in mind, which is kinder to the planet as well. And so what sort of made you then decide that you wanted to yeah, found Wild and Cruelty Free? Well, I guess after trialing makeup products for almost 10 years now, I've tried a lot of different things and I just found there were a lot of products that I kept gravitating towards. And now that I am like vegan and cruelty free, I'm like, you know what? I'd love to have a platform that I can not only position these brands on like, and, you know, celebrate them as Australian brands who are doing such great things, not only for the animals, but also for the planet. They have some great like sustainability practices and they're working towards that circular economy. But I thought, you know what, the fact that I've personally tried and trust these products and it's, it was never meant to be a website with everything available from every brand. For me, it's more like a curated collection of my favorites that I use almost every day in my routine that people can buy from me and know that they've been tried and trusted. So hopefully then they're not wasting their time and money going through that same process of trialing products and buying things and seeing if it works. And yeah, and in turn, I just have such big plans for the brand. But one of the things that we do every month is giving back to animal sanctuaries and organizations. And it just feels so good knowing that this business, even though it is still like a baby, it's only, it'll be six months in December that it's able to give back and make a difference as well. And yeah, just kind of educating people more as well, just about the impact that beauty can have on animals and the planet at the same time. But it doesn't have to be separate. Like two things can be the same. We can still use beautiful beauty products that are high performing and make us feel good while also taking care of the animals we love. Saying about giving back, like is it just something where like a portion of the money that comes in is what you kind of donate to an organization and does it change? Do you kind of change the organizations or is there one that you donate to regularly? I generally change it every month. So at the moment, I've donated to like Animals Australia, Edgar's Mission, Little Oak Sanctuary, um, Owl and the Pussycat. I try and mix it up because I think all of them, like all of these charities do such good work and most of them receive zero funding, which blows my mind considering they're doing such important work and really it's just they're relying on these donations in order to continue to run the properties, like have enough water, enough feed, like ensure that they have enough to cover vet's bills. I'm like, I know how much a vet's bill is just for my cat, let alone a whole sanctuary worth of animals. So I try and mix it up just so it's fair. And when I started, I said I would give a dollar from each sale. But in truth, <laughs> the end of the month rolls around and I'm like, I just kind of send, well, I, I send more than that. And I also make personal donations because I'm like, no, that's not enough. They need more. <laughs> so I, can't, I try and give what I can. And I guess as Wild and Cruelty Free grows, that's really what I hope to be able to do as well, to give more and 
whether that's supporting maybe one sanctuary solely a year to make a huge difference just to that sanctuary. But as I'm kind of growing and starting, I'm like, why not share the love? Yeah, that's so nice. Very generous of you. Oh, thanks. Plans for Wild and Cruelty Free. Like you said, it is sort of only been six months and, you know, Mm -hmm. something I guess that you're kind of working through, but I'm sure you've got some plans for it. Like, is there anything that you wanted to share that you're hoping to do in the future? I have so many plans for this business that I have to try and stop myself from getting carried away, which I'm normally not great at. But I guess the the goal would be to have either an animal sanctuary or to be earning enough that I can provide a really generous amount of support to a local sanctuary. That would be my absolute dream. So I guess the little stepping stones to get there is I want to start having pop-up shops and events where people can be more hands-on with the products, touch, feel, play, because I know that's such a big part of the, the beauty experience. It's one thing to sell it online, but so many people just love to see what it's like on them. And so I think that's, you know, a really important part. I'd also love to have a retail space where I can hold events and workshops and also then have all the products there as well. Yeah, so lots lots that I'd love to do, but right now I'm like, okay, one step at a time. We just launched online and I've just actually today, we just launched some gift sets for Christmas, which is nice. Just some little bundles, which, you know, I'm not really wanting to, I guess, get too involved in the whole Black Friday, Cyber Monday side of things. But if I can offer some nice little sets that people could either give to themselves or to someone they love, then yeah, that's something they can do. And so would those, when you're talking about like a retail space or pop-up events, would they be like, do you have an idea of kind of the location you'd want to do those? I'm assuming New South Wales, maybe Sydney or close to you or? Well, it's funny you say that because initially, and this is just my off topic love for watching people who are van lifers. I'm like, what if I had a van and toured Australia? Like (laughs) to me, that sounded like a great idea. And then I'm like, hang on a minute. A lot of these products are like cream-based products and liquids. I don't know how that would go traveling all that time. (laughs) So I think I'd start probably local and try and do something around our area. I offer a free local delivery Fridays where if people place their orders before 8 p.m. on a Thursday evening, I'll deliver it within a 15-kilometer radius of where we are. But, yeah, I'll probably start with Sydney and around the south coast. But, yeah, who knows? I'd love to to take it interstate and yeah expand as much as I can I'm guessing as well you know there's probably the opportunity for you to go to things like vegan markets in the future and those kind of things is like pop-ups as well yeah yeah for sure I've been to the um, Sydney vegan market a few times and oh I love going not only because there's always so much great food and you know that you'll be able to eat everything unlike when you go to a restaurant you're like oh great the chips are a garden salad again like (laughs) So that's, yeah, but it's great to go to them because there's already um, so many great, even just local skincare um, companies that go to those markets too. So it's been really nice to go and be able to connect with them and meet them in person. So yeah, I reckon I could do a vegan market. I was also considering the the vegan camp out because I think they're going to have stall holders. So I'm going as a guest this, uh, just as a you know, I guess this year, like to go and attend for myself, but I'll see what it's like. And maybe in the future, I could have a stand there. You were saying like that you personally have tried these products. I guess like, do you find that there's like one product that everyone is kind of going towards? It's kind of like a popular, the most popular product, or is it a bit of a mix? 
I guess it's a bit of a mix. I've had a lot of people like the Sunset Days Liquid Rays, the bronzing pigment drops. They are very popular. They come in three different shades depending on your skin tone, but they're so easy to use. You just mix a few drops in with your favorite moisturizer, sunscreen, or foundation, and it adds like just such a beautiful glow to your complexion and you can intensify them. So it's very like customizable to however you like to wear your base products. So that would be one of the best sellers. Another one would be probably the Eye of Oris, the Lash Lift Mascara. That's another one that's actually a big seller online and obviously a personal favorite. I just love how much lift it gives my lashes. And I'd say they're probably the main two at the moment that come to mind. I've just launched a few new well, I launched a new brand today, actually. Um, so Sisu, which is based a Manly-based brand, and they do a recovery spray, which is a blend of magnesium and aloe vera juice, which is great. It helps like promote a good night's sleep, but it also helps if you have sore or aching muscles. And last week, we also welcomed Peg Paste to the Wild and Cruelty-Free family, and that's a fluoride-free vegan and cruelty-free toothpaste, which comes in a very unique bottle. So I'm excited to see how that is received because again, they're just two products that I love. So hopefully everyone loves them as well. I think I saw with that toothpaste, is it that you can recycle the bottle in your curbside recycling bin? Yes. So it's so interesting because I didn't actually know a normal toothpaste tube can take up to 500 years in landfill to break down. And I was like, I just had no clue. And then when I started looking into more and they, you know, provided more information, I was like, wow, the fact that I can just recycle this afterwards. And because it's like an air pump vessel, you get the perfect amount of toothpaste every time. And there's just no waste thinking, I don't even want to think about the amount of toothpaste I've wasted in my lifetime, just not squeezing that last bit out of the tube. But yeah, this bottle just makes it so easy. And I love that it's recyclable. So I guess that's kind of yeah, a question then for you is it is sustainability and like that kind of environmental side of things something you also consider when you look at these products? Yeah, for sure. So I guess when I'm stocking anything at Walden Cruelty Free, I have kind of like five key criteria pillars. So they have to be Australian made, they have to be vegan, cruelty free, they have to be sustainable, and I have to have personally tried and trust them in my own routine. So Thankfully, all the brands that I do carry and the products that I do stock, all of them have been so thoughtfully and I don't know, just thoughtfully made. Whether and just the amount of time you can see that these founders have gone into researching the right packaging for it to go in, the the way that it's printed on and the impact that that then has. Like, for example, the recovery spray, their branding is all screen printed onto the bottle rather than having labels and things like that to, again, just minimize. So, yeah, I, I do try and make sure it ticks all of those boxes because, well, one, I personally like to just know that I can easily dispose of something after it's used or if it's biodegradable, even better. There's absolutely no waste. So I always keep that in mind, yeah, when selecting new products. And in terms of like your personal journey, so, you know, you obviously had these kind of key pivotal moments. How did you find like that transition and in terms of, you know, like being around family and friends, how, how did that go for you? Well, I guess when I first went pescatarian, it was, some people were, everyone was very supportive. I'll start with that. Everyone was very supportive. 
and they tried their best. <laughs> but even now, vegan, some people still don't understand what that means. They're like, so you'll eat chicken? No. I bet you'll eat fish. No. Huh. I'm like, okay. So a lot of the times if I go to a family barbecue or a gathering, I will bring my own food just for ease and I don't want to be that guest. But most of my friends all know now, my family knows, so they always are so kind and they make me something so I don't feel left out. Um, So everyone is very supportive, but at the same time, there are still some people who are a little confused about what it actually means to be vegan. And, you know, it's always interesting when mostly like my mom's friends, like if I go and I'm out to lunch with my mom and they come along and they're like, so I don't, I don't want to be rude, but I just want to like, why don't you eat meat? Why don't you eat animal products? And like, I have no problems telling them because I don't feel bad, but I can see them a little confused and they're like, huh. And then they're like, I couldn't do it. I'm like, well, you know what? I used to think that too. And I'm just doing, I'm doing just fine. Oh, no, but I love this too much. I'm like, yeah, but have you tried this? And then sometimes I'll go that next step and I'm like, yeah, but have you thought about how that poor animal would have felt when this, this, and this was happening to it? And then they just look at me and I was like, I'm just saying. (laughs) But it's always funny when I'm sat next to someone who's eating meat and they look at me, they're like, I feel really bad that I'm eating this in front of you. And I'm like, well, you need to ask yourself why you feel bad eating that in front of me because I haven't said anything to you. And they're like, oh, I said, you don't have to eat it. Like, look, I'm doing, I have something. It's not the same as what you have, but it's still fine. Okay. (laughs) And again, kind of that awkward like moment, awkward pause. But I just, I find those moments almost of like little opportunities to plant those seeds of change where I'm like, look, I'm not here to change you as a person. You have to make this decision on your own, just as I had to make it for myself. But if I can plant a little seed, few seeds along the way, just to get them to think about it, just the way like Monica did with me, you know, I hadn't really considered these things. And if I can do it to others and they maybe think about it just that little bit further and maybe make a change, then it's worth it. Yeah, it's such a great way. Like you said, it's it's what kind of happened as part of your journey when Mon was asking you those questions. So it's great that, you know, you're doing that and kind of, I suppose, passing that forward and trying to get people to think about their their choices. Yeah, I think the way she did it too, like she was always so kind and respectful in her delivery. Like I think, you know, vegans often get a really bad rap about being and don't get me wrong there are some who are very passionate and you know are on the front line doing this work and you have to be strong and forceful to get your message across in a world that doesn't want to listen so I completely respect and understand what they're doing but I guess for me personally like I I often need a bit more of that compassionate approach to think about it like if someone's telling me what to do then part of me won't want to do it But if someone approaches me with kindness and with love and, you know, a bit of grace and wants to help educate me along the way, I'm definitely more open to listening and learning and wanting to understand. And then normally I'll go off and do my own research. So, yeah, hopefully in time more people will take the little seeds that I've planted and do the same or I can only hope. And do you have any advice for anyone, you know, that might be like like yourself who's quite passionate about something that, you know, is in that kind of vegan space, whether it be like beauty or 
could it could be anything at all but do you have any advice for them maybe about kind of taking that leap and and starting something like you have with wild and cruelty free I think just do it I know that's such an easy thing to say yet it's such a hard thing to do because I've literally been sitting on this idea for probably 18 months before I launched it and there was always one reason or another why I was like oh no it's not the right time or I shouldn't do it and I'm like there's never going to be a right time. I just need to do it. And so I guess it doesn't even have to be something as big and bold as starting a business. You know, it can just be something small, like, I don't know, organize a dinner with your friends that's at your favorite vegan restaurant. If you feel like they might be maybe not so open to it, don't even tell them it's a vegan restaurant and just get them to go to this beautiful plant-based restaurant that, and you know, you order for them. Make it like an experience where you order the food and you have them all calm and they're none the wiser. And then in the end, they're like, oh, what was this? And you can tell them. And I always find people are always so surprised when they start to eat plant-based food that is so delicious. And they're like, I just can't believe there's no animal products in this. I'm like, well, it's possible. You know, not everything needs to have animals in it to taste good. Um, so yeah, I just think whatever makes you happy, or if it's a passion of yours, just follow it. Like lately, I've been visiting a lot of animal sanctuaries and it just makes my heart so happy when I'm there. I think my husband, Jason, he can see it because he actually organized a trip for our anniversary. I am in my element when I'm at these you know, sanctuaries. I just love connecting with these animals. I love hearing their stories. I love being able to use my platforms for good to help promote the sanctuaries and share these animal stories. But even just something as simple as that, like on a weekend, instead of taking your kids to a zoo, take them to an animal sanctuary. Like it's such a small thing, but it has such a huge impact because look, I'm not going to speak for all zoos, but not where I'd love to see animals, (laughs) but go to a sanctuary where these animals are craving like human interaction, which is filled with love and kindness after living such horrible lives of neglect and abuse. And, you know, you're already making such a big difference. Which sanctuaries have you visited recently? So the one I visited most recently, so we went up to Byron Bay um, a few weeks ago. And so I went to Owl and the Pussycat, which we met up with B, the founder, and she is just the most beautiful woman. And, she did a private tour. So a friend of mine who I've known for almost 20 years, she came with us and her friends came as well. So there was a small group of us and yeah, we got to feed the animals. We interacted with them. Some of them, you know, don't so much like human interaction, which is totally fine. And, you know, you respect the the boundaries, but yeah, it was just so lovely to be there. And also to see for myself, like how hard it is to run a sanctuary. I mean, They've already been affected by bushfires up there and it's not even summer. And the fact that they are experiencing drought, there's like lack of water, not only for the animals, but for, you know, the property. It just makes you, I don't know, just makes it a lot more realistic in terms of these sanctuaries need our support. And just by booking a tour or donating, you know, replace your $5 coffee budget a week and donate to a sanctuary instead, like, it makes a big difference to these people and you might not think it's a lot, but every cent totally counts when they're at these like crossroads of 
Do we feed ourselves today or do we feed the animals? Like, what are we going to do? So that was the last one we went to. And the time before that, we went to Moo and Oo on the Central Coast. And again, such a beautiful sanctuary. It was like one of the smaller ones that I've been to, but doesn't matter. Like you got to interact with all the animals. I mean, the goats are the best. I just love goats. Um, my mum actually owns four goats who are pet goats and she's every time I go there I'm in the paddock with them and feeding them and you know they just love it but yeah they were the two last ones I went to but I have a bit of a bucket list of other ones I'd like to visit in the future. Well if you ever get to van life that's something you can you know go around in your van and and some of these sanctuaries let you stay at them as well which is pretty cool. Oh don't tempt me. Well, it's been beautiful talking to you, Marissa. Is there anything that we might have like missed that you did want to mention? I think we've covered quite a lot, but I just wanted to check. I think we've covered everything. I guess if you do want to follow me, you can go to Wild and Cruelty Free on Instagram or my beauty page is Marissa Robinson Beauty. I'm also, like I said, going to be at the vegan camp out. I'm actually going solo, so I don't know anyone going. So if anyone is going and you'd like to meet up with me, please let me know because... That would be great. <laughs> but yeah, I think just overall, like thank you for this opportunity to to chat with you and yeah, for being so welcoming. And I just love that the more I get to connect with like-minded people, especially like on the vegan level, it makes me feel a lot more at home. And yeah, I just feel really good about about what I'm doing. It is a beautiful part of, yeah, being vegan. I think our community is so lovely and it's great to meet people, you know, in different states and at different events and things. So I'm sure there'll be lots of people listening to this podcast that'll be going to the camp out and and definitely I can uh, throw you a few names that you can uh, jump across and see when you're there because, yeah, it's great to meet other like-minded people. Oh, awesome. I'd love that. Thank you. (laughs) Did you happen to have like a favourite quote that you wanted to share to finish the episode? I do. And it's one that I use, I guess, a lot throughout Wild and Cruelty Free on the website. And it's that no animal should ever have to suffer for our vanity. Very true. I don't know if I made that up or if I read it somewhere, but ever since I started using it, I'm like, I live by that. I'm like, no animal should ever suffer for our vanity or our consumption for that matter. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you so much. It's been great to meet you. And um, I you look too. forward to, I'm sure there'll be some opportunity. I'm not going to the camp out, like I said, but there'll be something that, you know, I'll see you in, in the future in person, but thank you so much. No, thank you. I appreciate it so much. Thanks for joining us today. I would love to hear from you if you've been inspired by this episode, or if you have any requests for future episodes, you can find me on Instagram at a kind life. Remember, be kind to your body, kind to animals and kind to our planet. Take care.